0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Hair of the Werewolf. I'm Lily and I have with me Chase.
1: I am Chase.
0: (laughs) And we're a paranormal horror podcast that like telling each other true scary stories while we have a couple of drinks. And today we are definitely having a couple of drinks.
1: Absolutely. We lubed ourselves up. Oh, that sounds terrible. (laughs) (laughs) We loosened ourselves up. With, uh, with a shot each, which is good. Yep, there was yep. no lube.
0: <laughs> as far as I know, I was not lubed.
1: <laughs> and we should talk about what we're drinking today, because for those of you that don't know us personally, me and Lily have a little bit of a confession.
0: Oh my God, what?
1: Judge us as you will, but we are both pumpkin spice basic bitches.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are
1: i always love pumpkin spice everything and I'm not ashamed
0: I even though I'm sure like half it.
1: of you listening are just rolling your eyes going Ugh.
0: it started
1: yeah and so today we are drinking a dark pumpkin ale yes um so mm-hmm. I used to work at a brewery, uh, and pretty much the entire brewing industry, as well as beer snobs, like despise pumpkin beer. They hate it.
0: The majority, I think, there's yeah. few that are like. Well, but it's I mean cool.
1: brewers and beer snobs. But pumpkin beer, they make pumpkin beer beer because yeah. it sells really well. So a lot of people drink pumpkin beer. It's just the snobs look down like it's not real beer.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It gets the job done for me.
1: Yeah, it's all taste. Taste is subjective, and the one thing I can guarantee is I will absolutely drink a pumpkin beer any time over a hot dog beer so
0: hot dog beer well i think that was just because it was poorly made i don't think their goal was really hot dog beer
1: a lot of a lot of belgians have that hot dog funk that i can't stand okay well yeah so take it as you will but we're drinking pumpkin beer it is early though i mean this it's still hot i was in the upper 90s here today wasn't
0: it yeah and then uh tomorrow will still be august when this (laughs) comes out uh yeah (laughs) yeah so
1: it's a little early for pumpkin beer but i don't know
0: I don't think it's too early, because the other day I had a pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks. I guess they released it early, or maybe they always do, and I just didn't realize, and I didn't regret it. In fact, I had it two days in a row, and I'm like, hell yeah.
1: You know, I will admit, as much as I love the pumpkin stuff, I think they are pushing it a bit hard, (laughs) because the last thing I want is for, like, March to roll around, and they're like, pumpkin spice dropping early this year, I'll be like, come on, it shouldn't be year-round. I like it being seasonal.
0: Well, I think it's fine. So <laughs> Agree I love it to
1: disagree. We'll
0: just disagree. Do yep. you have anything you want to talk about? Um, you know, I don't know if there's something specific, although something did come to my mind when you and I were really stressed about moving before we got another month extension at our current place so that we have more time to pack and whatnot. A
1: whole other month to continue dreading moving.
0: Exactly. We have another month of anxiety. Uh, So I don't know what was happening, but I think like things were happening around the house that were unexplainable. If you recall. Oh, that's true. I don't know. Like when we got home that one night and we were out kind of just having some drinks with some friends and we were putting down stuff, putting down my purse and we're kind of uh, getting our stuff together. Anyway, all of a sudden the tea kettle turned on Mm -hmm. by itself and we're like, Cause we didn't know it had turned on obviously until it was already boiling.
1: It shows it shows a bright light. Our tea kettle's like clear and has a bright blue light in it, so you can tell. But we weren't looking at it, it the on. first
0: time. We were like, oh, okay, what the hell? I can hear it. I'm going to turn it off. I turn it. You turn it off. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit later, it turns right back on, and you have to push a button. It's not like it can. Mm-hmm.
1: It's Click a big button, too. It's, yeah. not like, it's not like a feather switch.
0: No, it, it's... Yeah, exactly. You have to really hold it down. And I'm like, this is a little creepy. And then just other little things like well, that. Well, a
1: couple days later, you and me were both sitting in our study working, and we hear a loud bang. Yeah. Like, we heard something fall. And we both get up, and we we sound like it came from the kitchen. We go, and we investigate the kitchen. Nothing. We couldn't find it. It's been days and days. We still can't find out what fell. It was loud.
0: It was very loud. So we were like, oh, shit. Like... I don't know, someone's in the house or something Mm. fell, obviously. Yeah, so little things like that. And ever since our anxiety kind of alleviated after we knew about the whole moving situation, things have stopped. So I'm like, are we creating our own little poltergeist? (laughs) Because we're just stressed.
1: Or or our local party ghost is really mad that we're moving. I think that's just what it is. he's just like, wait, wait, they're not leaving just yet? All right, I will resume haunting later. We're
0: just such lovely, entertaining roommates that... I believe that any ghost that inhabits our, our area is like, oh, I like these people. I don't want to leave. As long as the
1: ghost likes to drink.
0: Right, right, right. And who doesn't? If we
1: have a teetotaler ghost, they're going to hate us.
0: <laughs> get out of my house, you drunks. Nah, not around these parts. So we're good. Yeah, but that was like, kind of like just weird things that have been happening. But other than that, we're good.
1: So what story do you have to tell me today?
0: Oh, yes. Let's get into that. um My story for today is called The Nain Rouge.
1: Nain, N-A-N-E?
0: N-A-I-N.
1: Oh, Nain Rouge.
0: Yeah, it means Red Dwarf in French. Mm. It's also referred to as the Demon of the Straight.
1: Mm. Have you heard of it? I haven't, but Red Dwarf is the name of my favorite comedy sci-fi show, so <laughs> so all of a sudden I'm interested in it, even though I'm sure it has nothing to do with that.
0: Uh, it does not, and I don't think it even popped up <laughs> <laughs> as a reference. Well, I hadn't heard it either. Like I said, and uh, but this creature haunts the city of Detroit in Michigan.
1: Oh wow! Yeah,
0: I know. I'm like, what the hell
1: is this? Detroit's boo hag?
0: It's Detroit's boo hag. Oh, fantastic! It truly is.
1: And if you don't know what the boo hag is, you need to go back and listen to that episode. Trust me. I don't know. It's to, worth watching it's like or listening to.
0: Episode seven or something. It's pretty early. Yeah, it's pretty early.
1: We didn't know what it was either, and it's just amazing. <laughs>
0: Uh, So the creature has a variety of descriptions, but the most common is having red face with bright, glistening eyes. People have said that when you capture a glimpse of it, especially the eyes, it has a cold and steely stare.
1: What does steely mean in this reference? Uh, Because to me, if I say something steely, it would be of the quality of the metal steel.
0: That's actually a really good way of looking at it. Kind of uh, just, I don't know, hard and... Um, cold and just Okay. without emotion. Not, not friendly. Not friendly, not necessarily no emotion, not like a dumb stare. Gotcha. But just kind of like, I'm not going to react to you kind of thing. All right. Yeah. And let's see, where was I? Oh, a steely stare, which transmits into your body, making yourself feel cold, empty, and terrified. Mm. So it either has red or black fur and sharp and pointy teeth. He will often grin at you, exposing its gruesome smile. So it's a he? Oh, I don't know, he/she? The <laughs> <Be. laughs>
1: the research of this uh, of this cryptid didn't have pronouns.
0: Uh, as far as I know, nobody mentioned a penis, so I guess I was wrong for assuming. How big is it? It's fairly small, dwarf-like, actually. So, oh, I guess
1: that makes sense because you said I... it was a red dwarf. Oh, so. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Um, yeah. So what he does is that he's usually seen smiling and laughing at you. <laughs> Which is really funny. And a lot of times it's because he finally found his next victim and he's kind of celebrating. He's like, ooh, ha ha ha, I'm going to get you. Yeah. Very mischievous.
1: Leprechaun. Like the movie <laughs> Leprechaun, not like the ones that are supposed to be in Ireland. Or
0: oh. <laughs> well, those probably did come from Ireland too, so. A lot. No,
1: I know. But I mean, I don't think they're supposed to be evil murderous creatures like they were in the movie. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh,
0: the creature, this creature is actually of French origin, obviously, hence the name. But it also has Native American influences. The Nain Rouge is often compared to the French Luton. Please forgive my pronunciation. I actually did look up how to pronounce it, Mm. realized I couldn't, so (laughs) now it's Luton. So the Luton is roughly translated as a leprechaun. Oh! <laughs> as soon as you said that, I was like Score nah. one for me. Ah, uh, dang it. Um, Yeah, as a leprechaun or a type of hobgoblin mm. that are known to be very, you know, tricks, play tricks on you, mischievous nice. kind of thing. Yeah. The name Rouge is also believed to be the offspring from a stone god in Native American folklore. This interpretation was applied after the French immigrated to Detroit uh, to the Detroit region back in the 1700s.
1: So does that mean that, so if you like the French immigrants bringing their stories and everything, does that mean the Native Americans also had like a very similar, like red creature thing, or was it just taking mm. parts of their culture and imbuing it with this story or th- for of a particular story and imbuing it on this story? Or was it like, oh my God, maybe these things are the same. Like where are we, where are we going Boom. with this?
0: So to me, it was like the Luton hitched a ride from France Landed in the in the Americas, and then the Native American were like, I guess it's kind of like a son of a stone god or some sort of uh, animal spirit. So it kind of was a little bit of it got both.
1: interpreted through their their particular cultural view.
0: Exactly, it's the only way they were able mm. to view this kind of uh, storytelling that the French had.
1: That's exciting. Go to Detroit! I never knew Detroit had their own creature. I'm feeling this. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, so, yeah, like how we were talking, the Native American tribes in the region do believe in spirit creatures, so of animals as well. So yeah. these, like you said, they do exist already. However, like the French had mentioned the Luton, and the Native Americans have their spirit creatures, the Nain Rouge is pretty different. It does behave differently enough to be considered its own thing.
1: Okay.
0: Um, plus it actually does have its own legend, which I will share with you next. Mm. The legend begins in 1701 when the governor of New France threw a party in honor of, hold on, wait for it, Antoine de Le Motte Cadillac, <laughs> uh, I can't even say Cadillac in the French way, so it's going to be Cadillac from here on out, who was just granted to build a fort, which would be later called...
1: How would you pronounce Cadillac in French?
0: I don't know. It's probably it's like
1: you have to forget half the letter, so is it like Cadillac or something? Cadillac.
0: Oh my god, probably. I don't know. So here comes another one. (laughs) The fort that Cadillac was going to build and got permission for is called Pontchartrain de de Detroit. Fun fact: Detroit is how you say Detroit in French. Oh really? Uh huh. Which means straight as in a passage of water that connects two oceans. Earlier, if you remember, I said that the Nain Rouge is also referred to as the demon of the strait. Well, that's why. It's just a translation of the demon of Detroit, or Detroit. So, I don't know. I thought that was cool. I had no freaking idea. Again, Detroit. Who knew? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so back to the story. Uh, While they were at the governor's uh, house party, an old woman suddenly appeared at the door. She was described as a woman of unusual height. Oh, this is a quote, by the way. A woman of unusual height, a dark, swarthy complexion, restless, glittering eyes, strangely fashioned garments, yet in harmony with her face, end quote. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they just called her ugly.
1: <laughs> I'd like to point out that what they essentially said is, she's strange. She dressed strange, but it matched her face. <laughs> so you're it's like, all good. Like, What the hell does that mean?
0: She ugly. <laughs> patchwork face, patchwork body. Uh, she's patchy. Um,
1: <laughs> is this is this the beginning of Beauty and the Beast? Does she ask for shelter and get turned away? No, she does. Okay, good.
0: She's just crazy. Um, she introduced herself as Mère Monique le Socier which translates to Mother Monique, Monique the Witch. And uh, yeah, so she was straight up a witch and showed up at a party. <laughs> The witch continued to speak and revealed to Cadillac that he will one day establish a great city that will inhabit more people than New France. Pleased with this information, Cadillac asked the woman to continue, but unfortunately, the witch's prediction soon turned very dark. Mm. She told him that his policies to sell Native American liquor would cause him trouble and his life would be in ruins.
1: Remind me what what time frame we're dealing with here? Like, this roughly? is 1701.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. She continued to say that the uh how do you say it? the jesuits 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 um prohibited the sale of brandy to the tribes hmm. for those that may not know the jesuits are also known as society of jesus which is a religious order from the catholic church mm-hmm. uh cadillac was not happy because <laughs> most of his fortune came from the sale of liquor and the witch continued to say that his colony was soon see bloodshed the indians would betray him And that a new flag will prosper. With one final warning, she said, quote, appease the Nain Rouge. Beware of, of offending him. Should you be thus unfortunate not to vestige of your inheritance will be given to your heirs. Your name will be scarcely known in the city you founded. He is most malignant, is offended, but capable of being appeased by flattery, end quote. Needless to say, the witch was kicked out of the party. (laughs) and Cadillac although upset continued to enjoy his night and ignored the witch's warnings
1: you know I'd like to say that we know in because we're hearing this story we're just like witch shows up at your party you play nice because you don't want to be mean right just imagine if this were to happen today and some (laughs) patchwork lady with a patchwork Patchwork face (laughs) shows up at our party and like party crash she comes in she's just like You guys just seem super awesome and I saw this party and I just want to, you guys seem really great. We're like, oh, she's got flattery and she comes in there and she's like, by the way, you're all fucking dicks and you're all going to die if you don't like stop drinking and give up your ways. We'd be like, we'd kick her out of the party too. That's
0: really rude. I'm drunk. Please leave.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it's so easy because we're hearing this story. We're like, oh, he's making mistakes. But if you, if you put yourself in the situation, you're like, I kicked her out
0: too. I'm just impressed that she lasted that long at the party. Looking that weird.
1: But it does sound like this Cadillac guy was no good. He sounds like he was a dick. Yeah, he, he was, was exploiting the natives. He and, was. He was and a, not being a not being a good guy. So I mean, if bad things happen to him, I'm totally cool with it. I was just saying if 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 we let someone into our party and they started saying bad things about us, we'd kick him out.
0: Too. Yeah, I mean exactly. He was making money and then destroying their culture, the native Americans. Yeah, he's, by... he's an
1: asshole. So I'm hoping the name gets his rouge on, on the Cadillac.
0: Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> that rouge is gonna ride that Cadillac. <laughs> Uh, Let's see. Where was I? A few years later, Cadillac and his wife were walking along a wooded area when out of nowhere, the Nain Rouge appeared in front of them. Mm -hmm. It gnarled and grinned, exposing its sharp teeth and glared at the couple with its cold eyes. Without consideration, Cadillac whacked the Nain Rouge with his cane.
1: (laughs) Whack, I say.
0: Whack. Whack. (laughs) and the creature disappeared into the woods. (laughs) It's like, peace. Fuck this shit. I'm (laughs) out. Oh, my God. Once the creature was out of sight, Cadillac heard whispers from all sides saying things like, he has ignored the warnings and that he is offended. (laughs) Not long after the encounter, a devastating fire broke out at the fort Cadillac was in charge of. He was then accused of corrupting the Indians with alcohol trading which led to his imprisonment in Quebec. Even though he was only imprisoned for a couple of months, right after his release he was then again charged with multiple counts of abuse of authority.
1: See, I'm at least liking that the other people yeah. around not just the witches were like this isn't cool.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's like, okay, he's getting, you're he's not getting punishment
1: from multiple venues. So this is good.
0: Yeah, exactly. It is good. Um, the king of France ordered Cadillac to head down to Louisiana with a new set of orders. But Cadillac was like, no, thank you. So instead, he returned to France. And from what I read, two one of two things happened to him. The record seemed to be a little shaky here. Okay. Cadillac either died penniless, or after moving to France, he eventually assumed his family's estate and lived a quiet life. Hmm. So, I mean, some of the things that the witch predicted did come true, but... Depending on which ending he had, maybe not all.
1: I like the one where he died, because I don't imagine a guy... (laughs) Well, he died eventually, for sure. Well, I know, but I mean, I don't imagine a guy who was causing so much stir and trouble up in Detroit. When someone has that kind of personality where they're Mm -hmm. doing those things, it's very unlikely that they just turn tail and disappear.
0: Right. You're right. He's
1: going to continue to cause problems.
0: And he didn't. He kind of just left. He's like, I there's a big mess here in the states i'm going back to france so i would imagine
1: he might start some crap there so i like the one where he has a untimely end instead of him just Mm. tail between his legs
0: right yeah me too me too um so let's talk about some other famous documented encounters
1: oh so okay okay yeah we'll see i hope one's i hope one's recent
0: ish okay okay yeah yeah In 1763, he was spotted by many people right before the Battle of Bloody Run. Mm. It's just a battle because of war, Mm -hmm. things like that. Multiple sightings of the creature resurfaced in 1805, just before a devastating fire broke out on June 11th. It's called the Great Fire. It's a very famous one because the fire nearly destroyed the entire city. The city had no fire department at the time, so it was up to the locals to put it out.
1: So, all of a sudden, I'm getting some Mothman vibes. I he's know. showing up before uh, before Disaster's occur. By the way, we did a Mothman episode. It's a couple back. If you're interested, go listen to that one.
0: It's a really good one, I think.
1: He was kind of a... He would show up before bad things happened too. We're not going to say more than that, because the episode got a lot more information. It's right. got a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Keep going.
0: No, no, no. You're good. Uh, so, yes. The fire almost took down Detroit. But the locals created a thing called a bucket... Brigade, as they called it, which is where people formed a long line between the Detroit mm-hmm. River and the burning buildings, mm-hmm. and the citizens would just pass bucket after bucket to put out the fire.
1: Well, you didn't have fire engines and stuff, yeah. You know?
0: Exactly. But they didn't have a a, a, a like a department or anyone that had some sort of other resources. I don't know.
1: I watched a documentary on the history of, of fighting fires in cities, and it's one of the most... <laughs> Holy cow, is But anyway, yeah, so I've actually seen paintings of these of bucket the lines and bucket everything. Brigade. So I'm totally imagining it in my head.
0: Yeah, uh, another fun... <laughs> I wrote fun fat. <laughs> <laughs> fun fat. I meant fun fact.
1: <laughs> Not all facts are fun, but all fat is
0: fun. All fat is fun. Uh, I guess so. In this case, it's a little fun. On um, the flag of Detroit in the center seal are two women... One is weeping over the destruction of a fire and the other standing tall and strong looking ahead, representing the city's bright future. Hmm. So this fire had such an impact. I mean, it's on their flag. So I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. Another sighting, General William Hull reported a dwarf attack, as he said, on a foggy night just before surrendering the Fort Detroit to the British in 1812. He said that the creature leered and laughed at him before running away. Hull was later court-martialed, convicted, and sentenced to death. But lucky for him, he was pardoned by President James Madison. Uh, so he really never died, but he never got his reputation back, so he was punished. So it's kind of like he was cursed by the little for goblin. For some reason,
1: I'm just imagining it was deathbed. He says uh, he keeps talking about that little red <laughs> the little red short thing. Red dwarf. The red creature.
0: Exactly. And he did. Uh, in 1884, a woman claimed to have been attacked by, quote, a bamboon with horned head and brilliant, restless eyes and a devilish leer on its face. End quote. Mm. Although this was documented, I never read anything past whether or not she died or like what happened to her. So I don't know. But this is just one of the things that people noted. It's oh, just a story. Yeah. It's just a story. Uh, many sightings were reported one day before 1967's 12th Street Riot, which mm. lasted five days. See,
1: now we're getting close. We're mm-hmm. in the last half of the 20th century now.
0: Exactly. Uh, The results were devastating. It left 43 dead, 467 injured. That includes civilians, police, army. 2,509 stores looted or destroyed. At least 388 families were left homeless. And at least 412 buildings were damaged beyond repair and eventually demolished. That's a rough time. This is a big one. And people say that they saw the little red guy running around beforehand.
1: Sounds like he had a bunch of pent-up rage. He's like, I haven't done anything in 60 years. He's like, (laughs) go big or go home.
0: Oh, yeah. When he uh, he comes back after a while. You know
1: he's like sitting there watching all the looting and rioting from a distance. And he goes, hit me with a stick, why don't you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hit me with the cane one more time. Vengeance. Oh, my God. I almost didn't include this one. But it's on the record. So here we go. In 1997, two drunk guys, (laughs) yes, very more, much, much more recent, two drunk guys walking home from the bars said to have heard a strange cawing sound similar to a crow. When they looked in the direction of the sound, they saw, quote, a small hunched over man in what looked like a really nasty torn up fur coat, end quote, running away from an intent, (laughs) sorry running away from an attempted car burglary.
1: <laughs> I think I've heard this story. Keep going. You're kidding. No. Keep going. That
0: That's basically the end of the story. My only thoughts on this was like, I guess the the Nain Rouge was having hard times too. I mean, like, why would he be <laughs> trying to rob a car?
1: <laughs> I wonder if I saw it like on a TV show or maybe someone adapted this story. But I swear, I'm picturing him. It, well, it couldn't have been like an exiles episode two drunk guys and they see this like hunched over like it was a dude Mm -hmm. but he had like red skin
0: weird maybe it's in a movie or something Hmm. i don't know i I might
1: be like mixing eight things up but okay and when you were telling the story (laughs) like i got this flash in my eyes i'm like whoa
0: no and then he just kind of ran away so i mean there wasn't much left after that
1: maybe maybe the car was a cadillac
0: oh my god full circle still after that cadillac (laughs) Um, So, I mean, in essence, the Nain Rouge is often blamed for most, if not all, of Detroit's misfortunes throughout history. For those that may not know or aren't from the U.S. and aren't familiar with Detroit's history, let's just say that they have definitely seen their fair share of tragedies.
1: The city's in a bad place right now.
0: It is in a bad place, although from my understanding, well, not since maybe 2020, but it was starting to get a little Mm -hmm. better. With that said... Today, the city of Detroit holds a yearly parade in March to banish the Nain Rouge that started in 2010. Awesome. Yeah, so they started the parade in 2010. The co-founder has described it as, quote, Halloween meets Burning Man meets New Year's Eve. Other people just refer it to as Detroit's Mardi Gras. The goal of the parade is to banish the evil spirit away from the city. People often wear costumes, and a popular costume being the devil. Costumes are for sure... Encouraged and are for the safety of parade goers, and this is because if the Nain Rouge sees you as a participant to the banishment, then he will come back next year and target you. However, if you were wearing your costume, then he shouldn't be able to recognize you and therefore unable to curse you. So it's kind of a fun thing.
1: Ooh, I like yeah. that they've got a tradition that's forcing people. So whenever you run into those people who are like, "I can't dress up, that's for kids," and be like, "You're going to die. you going to have a bad year next year." <laughs> yeah. I would totally dress up.
0: Yeah, I would too. Uh, There was an article I read from the Wall Street Journal back from 2016 that said, quote, The name bashing has coincided with the city's recovery. While much of Detroit is still troubled, pockets of the city are starting to see new life. Detroit's downtown, where visitors could once see trees growing on the rooftops of abandoned office towers, has grown to flourish with restaurants and businesses. Investment is pouring in, and in some neighborhoods... Rent and home prices are rising, end quote, or becoming available. That's awesome. Yeah. So coincidence (laughs) or a factor of the parade that's drawing people in. Who knows? In an interesting turn of events, there are some locals that protest against the parade. They're the same
1: people who ate Halloween.
0: No. See, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, they for sure are like against a bunch of devils running around. Nope. That's not what it is. The protest is actually to protect the Nain Rouge. Protesters call themselves the Friends of the Nain Rouge, and they argue <laughs> know, and they argue that the creature is not bringer of doom, but rather a warning that something bad is about to happen, which we come back to Mothman. The theories mm. and the arguments of what that means.
1: Well currently I'd say that since these celebrations occurred, Detroit's having a better time. I know.
0: So the argument, who knows? Who knows? But they also point out that if you look back to the original legend, the witch mentions that the Nain Rouge needs to be appeased, not banished. The type of behavior is what got Detroit in this mess in the first place.
1: Mm. This group is
0: passionate about saving the Nain Rouge and has been defending his name since 2011. I saw some pictures of the protest. I think my favorite protest sign was uh, Stop Nain Shame. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing and support your local creatures i thought that was cute <laughs> stop the
1: name shame i like that that's good yeah
0: uh of course as of last year the parade has been canceled it was canceled this year but Uh-oh. yeah there's no word on whether or not it's going to continue next year but let's hope so because it seems to have been working
1: is it when is it held
0: it's in march so the date actually depends from what i understand it's the first Sunday after the f- after spring starts.
1: Well, let's put that in our list as possible yeah. future trip locations.
0: Yes, I agree. I think that'd be super fun. Just one more thing. There's a movie based on the Nain Rouge.
1: Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, is it like some B movie? Kind of. Okay, okay. <laughs> that won't stop me, but...
0: It's called Devil's Night, Dawn of the Nain Rouge. It does not have good ratings. IMDb gave it 3.1 out of 10. And on Rotten Tomatoes, there is no rating, but there was two critics uh, or like audience comments and they were definitely not nice. So, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's going to be good. But despite the warning signs, I'm still probably going to see it too.
1: Oh, I absolutely want to see it now too. I do think (laughs) when it comes to movies, a big warning sign for me is if your title has a colon in it. Because there's actually two titles,
0: and it's not even the sequel. It's yeah, like yeah, I was the like, if movie. It's, if it's a
1: sequel or the third part, I'm okay with it because you're having an extended title to differentiate it. But if it's the first movie and you have a colon, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Like it's just like, ooh, this is gonna be bad, isn't it? Like you have to put so much story in your title. It's Ugh.
0: it's bad. It's bad. So I mean, we'll see it. Maybe we'll just have more drinks and then, uh, you know, watch it.
1: This is awesome. Did you even Google image search? Like, are there images of artist renditions that I can look at?
0: Yeah, there are tons online, for sure.
1: Okay. I, need to, I need to see what people have drawn, because I have an image in my mind. I just got to see To what me, it
0: have. does look like kind of like a little devil. Some interpretations, some look like a little fuzzy devil, but more goblin-like. I'm picturing yeah.
1: like a hunched-over skinny goblin thing with hedgehog spines.
0: Um, not exactly, but... When you said over.
1: hobgoblin, I got some very specific imagery.
0: Yeah, I mean it is hunched over usually whenever whenever I see pictures. Yeah,
1: perfect. I got to check this out.
0: Yeah, but Solid that's story. my story.
1: Got your own little chupacabra thing. I know. It's awesome. Well, I guess it's a mothman cobra. It's more uh, chupa moth. Chupa <laughs> <laughs> suck a moth <laughs> mothacabra moth
0: sucker. No <laughs> <Moth-sucker>. wait. <laughs> oh
1: God would that just be a dust sucker also known as a vacuum
0: yeah exactly because moths are dust i don't know solid story yeah i think so
1: yeah the only sad thing about that whole ordeal is i'm out of pumpkin beer so what a shame why don't we grab some beer i
0: think that's a good idea
1: and come back because i got a fun story for you
0: yay okay guys we're back and we had (laughs) might have had a shot (laughs) and it was delicious if you're
1: under the age of 21 we didn't if you're over 21 we totally did
0: yeah otherwise i just had a sip of water don't worry about it (laughs)
1: exactly safe safe water
0: (laughs) okay so i'm excited what's your story for today
1: all right so my story is very different from yours except it does have two similarities one i am going to mispronounce a lot of names because i don't speak the language and two (laughs) it's very weird you mentioned crows in your story in one little short thing. And I have a brief mention of crows as well. Ooh. They're not important in either, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Other than that, it's very different. All right. So get ready for today's end of episode in counter, counter,
0: counter, counter. Very
1: different from what I've been doing recently. Get ready, this one's a lot of fun. So this story comes straight out of communist Poland, years before the Iron Curtain fell. I think it might be due to the language barrier, but I don't often hear about many UFO stories outside of the U.S. Right, um, that's usually why I'm so drawn to them. Whenever I hear about one, I'm like, "Ooh, this is like totally new." Because it's, it's like I love hearing about this stuff, but it's like super foreign too. Because right. how they're gonna interact with it. <laughs> so today's story is considered one of the biggest UFO stories from Europe and the absolute biggest UFO story from Poland. Today, mm. I'm going to talk about the Emilson or Emilchin encounter. Many people call it an abduction story, but as you will soon learn, it might be better described as kind of like a kinky hangout.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> this all took place in a small mm-hmm. eastern town in Poland called Emilchen, back before Disco had died in 1978. Oh. May 10th, 1978 to be exact. R.I.P. Enter Jan Wolski, who has been described in most accounts as a peasant. Which is essentially a farmer with limited land ownership. I don't know about you, but that word is used very insulting now in in gamer culture. Yeah. I don't know if it was ever not an insulting term. I think it always
0: kinda was. I mean, like, it's like pointing out your status, it's like, look at you, ugly. And you're just like, What the fuck? I mean, I thanks, but
1: But to me, peasants are like medieval time, you know, people like the idea that this guy in 1970 was called a peasant—I'm like, whoa. It's
0: like calling someone like, oh yeah, this broke-ass guy. It's like, what does my my financial status have to do anything with my UFO sightings?
1: It does seem like he didn't have much money. <laughs> so Wolfsky was 71 years old at the time. On an otherwise normal morning of May 10th, Wolfsky was driving his horse-drawn cart from Debrawa Village through a wooded field he owned. Hmm. During his drive, he spotted two figures on the side of the path up ahead. The figures were walking along the path and didn't notice Wolfsky at first. As soon as they did notice his cart, they slowed their walk and split to opposite sides of the road. As his cart began to pass, these figures, both of them, climbed up onto his (gasps) cart and then sat behind him. Ew! Now, to you and me, this is actually super alarming sounding. (laughs) Um, I would be worried that they were trying to steal my cart or mug me or yeah. something creepy, right? But apparently this sort of interaction, from what I read, wasn't uncommon in the area. People would give each other rides, strangers, rides, oh. without negotiation or talking about it. Like, like they
0: would just be like, oh, just kind of, like,
1: grab onto a cart and, like, go for just, like, I'm just going to ride this for a little while. Like, this apparently was normal.
0: Okay. Well, I guess if it was normal.
1: So... One source that I read even claimed it would have been rude of him to either prevent them from getting on his cart or try to, like, <laughs> drive them away from his cart. Like, this is kind of like, you you just got to do this, dude.
0: Okay, sure.
1: Yeah, because otherwise I'm like, wow, this is really weird. Like, this out. is alarming, <laughs> but once again, different culture, different kind of thing.
0: Yeah, he's, like, already a peasant. He doesn't want to be a dick also.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we're talking, this this whole story is eventually going to be talking about aliens, but it's funny that this like human tradition already seems super alien to me.
0: Yeah, this is already scary on a different level. <laughs> I, I have no idea what's happening.
1: So Wolfsky claims that the figures were around five feet tall and wearing single black outfits that covered most of their bodies and most hmm. of their head, including even covering their forehead. The only exposed portion was their faces and their palms. Their skin appeared greenish and their fingers were slightly webbed. They had large bumps near their necks, which may have been part of their body under the black clothing Mm. or just something underneath the black clothing. He described their cheekbones as prominent and they had no eyebrows. Their teeth were white and he could see Mm. a small portion of whites in the corners of their eyes. He also described their eyes as oblique or slanted Uh oh (laughs) Yeah. So before I go further, I want to deal with the rough part of this story.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: As we have established, Wolfsky was a poor and uneducated man. During his initial interview, he wasn't sure what to make of the figures. Despite their green skin, Wolfsky, who referred to the figures as monsters in Polish, said they reminded him of foreigners.
0: Okay, well, are we going to leave it at that?
1: (laughs) Yes. So either they are aliens... You know, sure. with green skin and he's just an ignorant racist or they were in fact people and that still makes him an ignorant
0: racist <laughs> so still, like he's never seen yeah a different race and then was like alien or whatever yeah yeah
1: so this story may be about his experience but that doesn't make him a good guy
0: but it's interesting i mean the outfit alone is alarming and Agreed. Greenskin, his ignorance clearly had no idea that that's not a normal human character, despite your race.
1: Absolutely. No, (laughs) you're totally right. All right. So now that we got that horrible part out uh, of the way, we'll get back to the story. Okay. It was at this moment after they had climbed onto the cart that the figures began to speak to each other in a language that Wolfsky said, and this is a translated quote, but quote, they were talking in thin voices, unknown to me. I didn't understand any of it. End quote. Their communication with Wolfsky took the form of gestures and motions, and they weren't speaking directly to him. At this point, the figures guided his cart to a clearing in which there was a large floating craft. <gasps> Wolfsky, Wolfsky described it as being as long as a bus and perhaps 5 meters or 15 feet in height. The craft was a white, with a texture kind of like polished aluminum. It had four barrel-like objects at the corners that created a humming sound. The craft appeared to move mm. up and down slightly while hovering above the ground. So like
0: a true hover kind it of was motion. Kind of going up
1: and down, like yeah. wah, wah. Yeah, exactly. The figures got off the cart and gestured him to follow them as they approached the craft. Below the craft was an elevator, and Wolfsky <laughs> accompanied them onto it.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: god! Right.
0: He's like different cultures. Let's just write yeah, this let's out. Let's just do this. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Trust me. And you think it's getting more ridiculous as we go. Oh, good. So he accompanied them onto it. It then ascended to the side of the craft where there was an entrance. Wolfsky and the two figures entered the ship where they encountered yet two more similar mm. figures. Wolfsky claims the room was a slightly gray-black color with several benches throughout. He also said there were several black crows in the room. Their wings were flapping and their heads were moving, but they were suspended in a single position, so they weren't moving around. Like, they were moving, but they were, like, still.
0: These crows are like, I was just abducted. Can you help me?
1: (laughs) That, to me, is the part where I'm like, oh, that's weird. That is
0: so creepy.
1: But this... This is where things get spicy.
0: (laughs) No, he doesn't have sex with them, does he?
1: No, no, no. But no. At this point, the figures gestured to Wolfsky to get naked.
0: Ew.
1: (laughs) Yep. He wasn't scared or intimidated or even being threatened by these figures. They gestured him to take his clothes off. And he did what any of us would. He started to get naked. Of
0: course. He's like, oh, yeah. Suspended crows isn't a thing.
1: (laughs) Green faces. You're doing it. Yeah. My fetish. He claims he took off all his clothes except his pants
0: at this moment
1: I'm pretty sure he's lying if strange creatures tell you to get naked and you decide I'm gonna get naked you're not stopping at pants
0: too far alien I'm
1: assuming while he's telling this story he's trying to make it seem crazy but he's like but I don't want them to think I'm like weird or nothing so I have my dignity so he (laughs) says he didn't take his pants off I'm
0: not a sexual fiend he
1: totally took his pants off yeah at this moment one of the figures actually
0: it's just the aliens who are like please don't take your clothes off (laughs) and he's like yeah
1: (laughs) They're like, every time people are on here, they get naked. Can you not? (laughs) So anyway, there he is. By his word, standing there in just pants. In my word, probably naked. Mm -hmm. At this moment, one of the figures came up and held what he described as plate-like objects near him and went around him. Hmm. At one point, they made him raise one of his arms and they moved the plates along his side. Wolfsky does not claim to know what they were doing, but in my mind, there was a chance they were just getting dirty pictures of him. Yeah, for sure. They then gestured to him to put his clothes back on since the fun time was over. (laughs) Yeah, Insistent upon not being rude hosts, the figures then crushed up objects Wolfsky described as icicle-like and placed it in their mouths. Wolfsky claims it may have been food. Mm -hmm. I like to think that maybe it was intergalactic meth.
0: Oh, sure. And the creatures were just looking for
1: a nightcap after all the sexy fun. I'm thinking that maybe they were drugged up, found a guy, came in, said, let's get him naked and get high. Oh, my
0: God. That, I can totally, he's like Quaaludes. But he's like,
1: he's like, it was food. And I'm like, no, that was drugs.
0: Gross. (laughs) Gross.
1: They then offered some of this to Wolfsky, who shook his head in denial.
0: Oh, that's nice of them.
1: Right? But he said no. Getting naked on command in front of four strange figures was one thing, but eating strange icicles was just a step too far for him.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: He had his principles, after all. <laughs> Wolfsky then, after getting dressed, walked to the elevator. But before leaving, he turned around, removed his hat, and said goodbye.
0: Oh, my God. When you said removed, I'm like, again? <laughs> it's
1: like, he's like, I can do it
0: twice. <laughs> God damn it.
1: The figures then bowed to him. He descended the elevator and left. He then rushed home to tell his wife and sons what had happened. His sons quickly gathered and passed on the word to many people in the local mm. area who all amassed themselves to go to the site of the encounter. Mm. When they arrived, the craft was nowhere to be seen. But there were many tracks, all leading to the central area in which Wolfsky claims the craft was.
0: Oh, okay.
1: There were also lots of downtrodden earth and apparently some alleged footprints as well. However, the kids who said they saw the footprints never were able to say if they were larger or smaller than a normal human's.
0: Sure. Mm -hmm. Or if it was their own that they just created. (laughs)
1: However, the problem was all the people scavenging the area looking for evidence helped to destroy any credible evidence that may have been there, including the paths. Yeah. The only other witness was a young boy who was apparently the age of five or six. He claims to have seen the ship in the air at a distance and called to his mother. It was conveniently gone by the time she came around to see it.
0: Oh, but hey, the fact that he would have told his mother, then his mom could corroborate the fact that these facts were said. Around the same time.
1: If everyone here is credible, you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah, I'm. I don't know.
1: Media took note <laughs> of this story, and it made headlines at the time. A man named Zdislav Blanya, a ufologist who a Polish ufologist who had been writing about UFOs for some time and was one of the important names on the subject in the area, shortly after the incident came down to Emilchen to interview Wolski. Mm. His story, which approached the encounter as authentic and important, captured the imagination of the country. An article I read in the Polish site called culture.pl described the mentality of it. They said the Emil Chin encounter as being their own Polish version of aliens. Although they had heard of Roswell, since it occurred in the capitalist nation of America outside of the (laughs) Iron Curtain, there was a level of removal that made it hard to relate to. This was theirs. Police came to investigate the incident and found no evidence at the scene. Hmm. Their official ruling was that Wolfsky dreamed the whole thing.
0: Oh, he took a nap.
1: <laughs> yeah, got eleven cops so like you were just sleeping, bro. Yeah.
0: How much did you have to drink? Yeah.
1: Jan Wolfsky died on January eighth, nineteen ninety, at the age of eighty-two. At no point in the years after his abduction did his story change or waver. In the years following the incident, Wolfsky showed many people the site of the encounter and was often enthusiastic to retell Aww. his story. The ufologist Blanya profited immensely off the Volsky story <laughs> for many years after the encounter. He wrote books, conducted interviews. This was his cash cow. Mm-hmm. He had a vested interest in pushing it as authentic, which calls into question any of his theories or opinions. I would also think it should be noted that the famous interview with Volsky was a strange affair. I read the entire translated interview. Okay. Many of the questions were leading questions, as if to get Volsky to say something specific he normally wouldn't have.
0: Oh, okay. Particularly,
1: a good example was with the food. He wasn't talking about the food or anything. He was just discussing how he was putting his clothes back on. And the interviewer on their own said, was there any food on the ship? To which he replied, oh, yeah, they had these like icicle things and crushed. Like, it wasn't like he was naturally going there. A lot of the questions and answers definitely seemed like he was being asked a question with a direct answer impending. And I'd like so to So it was
0: kind bl- of like they gave him the idea almost and possibly
1: say, I'm just going to say a good talented liar or storyteller and I don't mean liar in a negative way, you know, a story a storyteller in a way is a liar. Um if you're given like a a lead, you can totally mm-hmm. make it a story and an exciting one too. And when I was reading this interview, it was it didn't seem like a one-sided thing. It sure. was it was suspect. <laughs> However, UFO fanatics at least in Europe Meet up in Imilcin every year in May in a sort of ritual celebration of the abduction.
0: A ritual celebration. People
1: dress up as the alleged aliens or bring statues of them or art depicting the figures and hang out. In 2005, a monument was erected in the town of Emilchin as a tribute to the alleged abduction. It's a tall stone with a polished metallic cube at the top and a plaque commemorating the event. The plaque is understandably in Polish, but roughly translates into this. In Chin on May 10th, 1978, a UFO landed. The truth will astonish us in the future. <laughs> so was it a crazy dream that he had? Was he just a good storyteller and wanted attention? Did aliens really just bring this guy on board to rub plates on his naked body? <laughs> it's hard to say. There is a racist undercurrent to some of his early comments that make me really question him. He was a poor, uneducated peasant, and so... It's hard to say whether or not anything he says is... Like what
0: he might have seen and what actually happened. Assuming anything was to be seen... Absolutely. Uh, could be very different. Who knows?
1: But the way he described alien interactions with, that, that he had, such as getting on the cart, are the most complex part of the story to me. Yeah. The whole scenario would alarm me, but to him it was normal. It really feels as though he told the story that would reflect what him and the people around him would seem alien in an alien encounter. But to me, everything seems weird because it sounds like what someone, a peasant from Poland would think an alien encounter would be, <laughs> but not what I think an alien encounter would be. Yeah. Notice how a lot of American abduction stories were taken against our will. There's the beam that brings mm-hmm. us on the ship. We're being held down and horrible things Very are done resistant, to us. Yeah. And it's, it's a violent affair. And maybe it has to do with the Americans' cultural notion that to everyone give up. around them is an yeah. enemy. Whereas his was kind of like, A friendly, jovial, oh, they're just other people and customs and everything.
0: You get on my cart, I get on your cart, you know.
1: So, let's just pretend all the alien stories we've ever heard are true. That would mean they have to be different aliens. Because there's no way the alien abduction stories I usually hear, and these are the same aliens.
0: who knows? I mean, it could be the same alien, only since they're a lot more advanced, they're like, look, this Polish guy's gonna be really easy to get him on the ship. Just give me two seconds. (laughs) I'm going to guide his car. He's not going to say no. But in America, they're like, all right, who's got the Americans this time? It's going to be a rough one. And, you know, freaking Charlie is like, damn it. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I'll have to bring out the the straps, you know, and stuff like that.
1: Let's not underplay the idea that aliens may be drug addicts yeah. and do crazy <laughs> things. There was a great cartoon <laughs> in the 70s, the heavy metal movie. And one of the stories was they were like, Intergalactic truck drivers and they were doing like space cocaine. Mm-hmm. And they were just crazy. And it was really funny because you're seeing all these aliens with this high tech stuff and you're like, yeah, they can they can be drug addicts too. They can do stupid things. Why couldn't these just be drugged out aliens who are just like let's, let's get them naked, be, man? It
0: could just be like, yeah, teenager aliens are like, let's go to Earth. They are so funny.
1: Yeah. Have you ever seen a human penis? <laughs> okay. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> Polish it is.
1: <laughs> Polish sausage. <laughs> But I would like to point out one thing that I thought was funny. Like, the police said he just had a dream. And when you think about it, and when I thought about it, I was like, this story totally sounds like the kind of thing I would dream. Yeah. And I would wake up and I'd start telling it to you. And as I was telling it to you, it would become very apparent to me, God, this is a really stupid story.
0: Yeah, was like, it, it was a lot scarier, I swear. <laughs> I was like,
1: there were aliens and they climbed on my wooden cart <laughs> and then they brought me to their ship and I was like, totally. And then they asked me to get naked. They rubbed plates on me and I'm like, God, this... I'm an idiot.
0: Yeah, this is a little too crazy.
1: Yeah. Who knows? It's so hard for me to take it seriously, but you know what? No one got hurt. Nothing bad happened, so I think whether or not anything happened there is irrelevant. We have a story where an old guy got (laughs) naked on a ship in front of four strangers.
0: (laughs) And he's totally willing to believe this. (laughs) And he's totally
1: willing to believe it. Yeah. So, um... Yeah. That's my story for you today. The end of episode encounter. Counter,
0: counter. I really like this one. (laughs) It had a lot of uh, sexiness, yet not too far, (laughs) which I'm always okay with. So,
1: regularly it is called the Emil Chin Abduction, Mm -hmm. but it's not an abduction. Not
0: really, He never
1: claims to have been under their influence or, like, being brainwashed or possessed. He literally was invited on their ship. He went. They asked him to get naked, and he said, why not?
0: I mean, he was kind of abducted. You mentioned that the two aliens were guiding the cart. Like, he didn't have control.
1: But he didn't have to do it. They, they didn't control the well, car. They were gesturing, go this way, dude.
0: Well, I guess so, but maybe that's all it took. And they're like, look, it was going to happen. You were just more willing than yeah, most. If, if I
1: pick up a hitchhiker on, in, in, in my car, like on a road trip, and a guy's like, dude, there's this awesome diner on the side, and I go to the diner, I don't say I got abducted by a guy and forced into a diner. And, Perhaps, yeah, and if the I guess guy so. brings me to the bathroom and says, you should get naked, and I do it, <laughs> I'm not going to say I got abducted. I'm going to be like, dude, the guy asked me to get naked, and I was like, why not?
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's I hope guess.
1: that never happens. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's not an abduction story. It's more of just a saucy sex dream.
0: It's a... Yes, I think so.
1: He may have had a wet dream on his cart. Ew! (laughs) Maybe that's his thing. Like, five foot tall green face people.
0: Yeah. Maybe.
1: Everyone's got their thing. It can be. Yeah, everyone's got their thing.
0: There's weirder things. Well, thank you for that story. I thought it was quite funny and interesting because like you said... You know, he just was cool. He was cool with it. I like that. No forced uh, entry in any in any fashion. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> There's some uh, complexity to that statement. Uh, yeah. Double <laughs> <on> a <Tundra. laughs> Always good when an alien abduction doesn't have forced entry.
0: Right. Exactly. Those are my favorite.
1: And just as a reminder, we post new episodes every Saturday. And if you have a story that you want us to tell or look into, please drop us a line at Podcast at gmail.com or any of our social media accounts
0: we're trying to be a lot more active on social media. We're going to have a few things coming out next month for sure that Mm -hmm. I think is going to be pretty exciting. Hopefully you guys will tune in and are still with us because it's going to get, I don't know, a lot more dynamic. When
1: October hits, It's going to be a different. Yeah.
0: October, we have new ideas, new things to do. So with that said, if you guys are listening to this while you have been drinking or you're drinking with us, thank you. And don't forget if tomorrow you're a little hungover, well then don't worry. Because the best cure for a hangover is fear. See ya.